Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on The Retirement Solution Podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at retirementsolutionradio.com. And each week here on the show, John, our goal is to help people really understand more about what they can control about their retirement. And we always acknowledge the retirement solution is not the same for everyone. So we hope you'll pick up some tidbits here. And again, if you have any email questions for us, just drop us that email and we might answer those for you on a future episode. But at the same time, John, I think sometimes we don't know what questions to ask or even who to ask when we are thinking about things like retirement or our investments. And there's a big difference in today's advisors too. So we're not sure who's actually acting in our best interest. So it brings us to our first story here this week on the retirement solution. I know federal regulators have drawn up this whole new set of standards for people who sell you stocks. SEC Chairman Jay Clayton was on CNBC talking about this, saying these new rules are designed to expand the requirement that brokers always act in the best interest of their clients. We're covering more of the advice spectrum. And one of the things we're covering that's key is account type. When you're rolling over your 401k into a different type of account, that advice is now covered by our standards of conduct, whether you're a broker dealer or an investment advisor. But I actually read this ruling, uh, John, and I'm trying to figure it out. So what the heck did he say there? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, You're just as confused as the rest of us. No, this is very confusing, isn't it? So I just read through this thing. I mean, I have operated in a different capacity for a long time. So the Security Exchange Commission is very important. Mm -hmm. They protect us uh, from the industry basically just stealing all of our money. So it's good that we have these guys. Yes, absolutely. But they pass all these rules like they're going to help us. Like the same rules that why we have to get those uh, 7,000 page prospectuses in the mail from everything (laughs) we own. Because that does a lot of us all kinds of good, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> because we read through that. my mailbox. <laughs> I, it just wastes money. I'm sure I pay for it, right, with yes. my money. I know I do. But it's, it's funny because, so so I was reading through this, and, and so here's what they've called this. The SEC has called this Reg BI, <laughs> which I don't know what that is, like Magnum PI. <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but it, the regulation best interest. So what they're saying is, okay, okay, guys, we're going to acknowledge that maybe some brokers out there maybe haven't been acting in the best interest of their clients. Maybe they've been making an extra mortgage payment here and there Mm. or uh, or buying expensive cars. And maybe you can't send your kids to college. So (laughs) maybe we want to create a rule for that. See, guys, why do do we have to get to that, right? Yeah, it's sad. Shouldn't we all be asking ourselves, why do we have to get to that? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what I have to tell you is, I don't know. I don't know why we've done it this way. Because my part of my industry, we have been, we not only best interest, I don't know what reg BI means, but if you're a true fiduciary only when it comes to securities business, which is what my firm has been since 2012, fiduciary only, you, we cannot earn a single extra penny for anything we do when it comes to securities business, nothing at all. So I have, I'm literally on the exact same side of the table as my clients, and I have no other way to earn a commission or an extra bonus or in anything off of securities. Nothing ever. So I've been operating on this since 2012. Hmm. So it blows my mind that the rest of the industry is so far behind. They're still trying to figure out, 
Uh, Jennifer, it was the old book. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was called Where Are the Customer's Yachts? Oh, yeah. His first name was Charles. I can't remember his last name. But the guy wrote the book. He said, and his whole point was when he went down to Wall Street and we went down into the Manhattan area and he went and saw the Hudson and he saw all these beautiful yachts and they were all owned by the brokerage houses and the advisors and the CEOs and the captains of industry. But no clients had a yacht in that marina. Why was that? Well, because all the money was held at the top. Fred Schwed wrote that book. Oh, you asked Alexa. <laughs> she told you I Fred Schwed. <laughs> well, the funny name. thing is, I originally I thought that Charles Ellis wrote that book. He wrote the foreword oh, okay. to that book. Okay. I know. Fred Schwed. <laughs> it's like Millie Vanilli. <laughs> any number of other things. No, but it was a great book because it talked about how come the industry is not doing what they said they're going to do. Really, truly help us with our finances. Help us muddle through so that we don't mess it up. Because maybe we don't feel like we have the right handle. Mm -hmm. Or even if we do, can we do better if we know more? But so anyway, so the industry is still trying to figure out how do we make sure that brokers aren't driving Ferraris and, and, and their clients have to downgrade their Camry to a jalopy. <laughs> That's what they're trying to figure out. And yeah. I think it's a little bit sad, to be honest with you. So I had no idea what he said. All that I know is that whenever it comes down to this kind of stuff, just stay clear of it. Mm -hmm. Work with a fiduciary-only advisor when it comes to securities, completely fee only, fee only, and you will probably get the best advice you'll ever get. Now, skill sets are different for every advisor out there. I'm one camp. There's a whole bunch of other guys out there that do different things. You want to gravitate to the philosophy that you think is going to help you the most. But I promise you one thing, there was a Vanguard study that came out several years ago that said if you used a fee only advisor and they were highly skilled at what they did, it could add an extra two to three and a half percent a year over long term to your investment portfolio. Oh wow, money that, that is that a you ton keep. of yeah. money that's in your pocket because you're getting rid of all these silly SEC rules and all this crap that Jay Clayton was talking about. Because you don't have to worry about that. Because yeah. if you do with a fee only advisor, fiduciary only advisor, and they're highly skilled, you can potentially add a lot of money long term. Now, any month or quarter or day, who knows? But over long periods of time, and it wasn't because they manage your money better. Mm -hmm. It's because they typically have a better handle on taxation, typically a better handle on estate planning, typically a better handle on asset allocation and distribution strategies and how to keep safe money without it falling off a cliff, getting better rates of return than the bank. And if you do that correctly, you, you end up a lot better off. So here's what I would say. I got no idea what this guy said, but don't be confused. <laughs> right. Seek out a fee only fiduciary advisor when it comes to securities and keep them in your corner. Make sure it's the right guy. You'll know that because they should be speaking your language, mm -hmm. your love language, if you will. And, uh, and that should be a good fit. If it's not, then you can tell them that I was the buffoon that told you that. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Blame John. You mentioned as part of that, that your advisor should be talking to you about things like taxes. That's a big issue. But a question sure. for you this weekend, is it ever okay to cheat on those taxes? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I know you're, you're thinking you I'm getting you in this, dangerous Jennifer? territory, but the IRS was actually the ones who surveyed people anonymously, of course, or so they say, to find out what they thought on this issue. Now, 85% of people surveyed said, no, it is never okay to cheat on your taxes. 10% said, maybe a little here and there. They feel okay about that. 3% say you should cheat as much as possible. 
And I'm guessing those 3%, I, th- they had a way to track their information. They're going to get audited so hard. They're oh. already in jail. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Oh, There's man. nothing anonymous about the way that the IRS does anything. They know everything. I can't believe they surveyed people on this. That was crazy to me. But uh, we don't want to cheat. We would never encourage cheating here on the Retirement Solution because no. where does that get you, John? Uh, in jail, in, in an, <laughs> an orange, orange jumpsuit, jumpsuit yeah. wearing zip ties on the back of your hands, never to see your grandkids again. Yeah. No, no, no. The it's thing not a good is, look. is that people think you have to cheat your taxes. You, you, you do not ever have to do anything close to that. The rules are laid out so that we can do exactly within the rights of the law and save a ton of money. You don't even need to cheat because the difference in avoidance which is okay, and evasion is said orange jumpsuit. Yes. <laughs> I know this. I know this. My next-door neighbor, Cletus, talks about this all the time. John, I was just listening to your show the other day, and I was just wondering, you know, if I if I had this side business, let's say, and I made a few thousand dollars and I didn't claim that, what do you think? Uh, what do you think they would say? And I'm like, uh, Cletus, I would I would not do that. Uh, they they will find a way over time, and they will take away that zero turn lawnmower, buddy. Yes, they will. And, uh, and he's like, oh, what if I just do it that way? It's like that's called an orange jumpsuit. Well, okay, John, uh, great talk. I uh, hope you don't know anyone that uh, is going to be auditing me anytime soon. No, but it's true, it's, guys. There, there are so many ways out there that you can legally, and and not only legally, uh, correctly. You know, the greatest thing. Jennifer, people don't realize this. There are over 70,000 pages of the current U.S. tax code. There's more than that now. I know because the new, uh, the new, la, 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 la. Yo, yo, it's a great read. It's a great read. (laughs) It's so much better than War and Peace, Pride and Prejudice. So much better than the classics. Right. Because you can actually make money reading it. Hmm. Okay, now, <gasps> See, oh, now I'm interested in oh, picking it up. Oh, I know, I know. No, actually, don't, don't, ever, okay. don't ever read it. No, but the idea, though, is, is that everything within every one of those pages is a new way that we can choose to craft our affairs in an order to save money. Hmm. And that's the greatest thing. If we just had a one page, like, how much money did you make? Uh, how much money are you going to give us? How much money are we going to take from you? Here you go. Hookah, hookah, hookah. You're done. They could do that on an index card. But the reason we have all these different schedules are ways that we can correctly, honestly avoid taxation. So the point is, is that when it comes to retirement, and Jennifer, I know the retirees saying, well, I just got the standard deduction. I don't really make that much money. I'm just going to do it this way. And uh, I know I'll be fine because uh, there's just not that much to talk about. And that's exactly the wrong idea. Guys, if you've saved more than $700,000 in those IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, anything that's tax deferred, if you've saved more than $700,000 in those accounts, there's a great chance you are being double taxed. Oh, I don't like that. Did I get your attention? I know. But see, why do we always have to lean on the negative for people to pay attention? If I said, listen, there's all kinds of ways that we can do the right thing according to the rule book. And let's just look at the rule book. People are like, oh, (laughs) let's change the channel. What's on the other station? Anything else. I'll even listen to bad hair metal than this junk. (laughs) Right. But somehow when we say, oh, hold on, we're getting ripped off. People actually pay attention, it but it's true. angry, doesn't it? Yeah. And no. But if you have saved more than $700,000 in those IRAs and tax-deferred accounts, there's a great chance that you are going to be double-taxed, guys. 
because you're going to be taxed on when you pull the money out of those accounts. And also there's a great chance they're going to have an extra tax on your social security. Mm. <gasps> I know. And the thing that is, this is so easily avoidable. That's why I say we don't need to wear orange jumpsuits and try to break the law. We need to actually abide by the law, do exactly what the law allows us to do and avoid that taxation. Why wouldn't we do that? Why would anyone, why would anyone in their right mind choose to toss away hundreds, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of their retirement, Jennifer? I don't Are you understand planning on doing that. that? No, 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 no. I no. do not plan on doing that. I also don't plan on anyone that ever hears a show and stays awake long enough <laughs> to pay attention I don't expect them to do it either because I want us to make the right choices. I don't care where you make those choices, guys, but I need you to really do the math. If you've saved a good amount of money in your tax-deferred accounts, guess what? Uncle Sam at one point in time is going to do what? They're going to say, uh, we let you defer long enough. We're kind of broke. Gimme, gimme. My name's Jimmy. <laughs> and we're going to have to give him some cash. That's how oh, it works. Okay? So Jimmy. at some point in the future, Uncle Jimmy, can't call him Uncle Sam. They get mad about that. Right. And I'm going to get audited. <laughs> but Uncle Jimmy gets all mad. He said, I need some money. You got to give it up. Uncle Jimmy needs to go to the bar and have a couple drinks uh, on you. That's what I need to do. And, uh, and that's what happens. And so the problem is, is that we have not correctly figured out how to do this. Guys, this is called asset shifting. I talk about this at least once a week. And the whole point of this is if we have saved enough money in tax-deferred accounts, there is probably a great chance that our government, being as broke as it is, is going to ask for more money down the road. Hmm. Now, we already know the GOP tax blessing, those tax cuts that they, we have until 2025, those expire in 2025. So automatically, they're going to go up. Tax rates are going to go up within a few years. The, yep. the timing is not that long for us to make these moves. Please, 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 please don't end up in an orange jumpsuit later because you have to break the laws on what we can do right now legally, honestly, ethically. And by saving those tax dollars, we can choose out of the own kindness of our heart to give that to our charities and churches to hand that as a gift to our kids and grandkids, to do the right things with the money, be good stewards of our money. Because listen, guys, I promise you one thing. I do not feel honestly in my heart that our government does a great job with our money. I feel like they do a really crappy job yes. with our money. <laughs> I think most and if given agree. the choice between them wasting it and me using it the way that I feel it can be used for better, I think I would rather have that choice. Wouldn't you? That means knowing the tax laws. That doesn't mean going through 78,000, 70,000 plus <laughs> pages of tax law. Yeah. It means seeking out, like I mentioned last segment, seeking out a quality fiduciary, fee-only, skilled advisor who actually can help you through this and figure out should you do it. Because some people, it doesn't work out for you guys. So don't. Don't waste the money. It's not a sales pitch. It's, it's simply a concept that if we do it correctly because of timing, we're going to win. So we need to know how to do that. Don't cheat on your taxes. Learn the right way to do them correctly. And your CPA and your tax preparer, they don't do this stuff. They record history. They record what you did last year. you got to start this stuff now. If you got a little bit of a dull in your summer, this is when you kind of want to do that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not really great reading. But if you can save <laughs> again. It's not a beach say, read, but. but. But if I could put many, many zeros behind a comma and something you could save, would that make you excited? Yeah. Maybe that's a good enough reason to have you call a quality skilled fiduciary at some point in your life. 
There's no such thing as a dumb question. Drop us an email with yours at retirementsolutionradio.com. You're feeling good this Sunday morning. What's oh, yeah. behind that good mood? I, I mean... I got some sleep this week. Oh, okay. You know? Yay, yeah. finally. <laughs> so last Sunday, of course, was Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you guys out there a little late, obviously. But, uh, but, but well, I got some sleep this week somehow. Somehow the market's kind of worked out a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah. a little bit in our favor. Yeah. yeah. The president stayed off the tweet mechanism a little bit this week. <laughs> a little week. bit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and things were good. You know, we, we didn't get a lot of sunshine, as much no. as I hate to say it. Yeah. Uh, our, our meteorologists have gotten it a little bit wrong here recently. <laughs> but uh, but no, I we're know. still I, feeling good. It's all right. I was it's feeling good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just feeling good. And uh, you know who else is feeling good right now? Who's that? Uh, boxer Mike Tyson friend of the show here. <laughs> so I was reading about this this week. I thought this is fascinating. I didn't know he was into this kind of thing, but apparently he's investing in this 400 plus acre weed resort out in California. Wow. That's where he's putting his money, John. Is there big business in that A weed resort? <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, I remember back I don't know. This is one of those weird stories. You know, when you think back about Mike Tyson, Mike Mike Tyson, of course, everybody knows Mike Tyson. Actually, no one ever heard Mike Tyson talk. Not even on Pepsi commercials did he talk. He was the Iron Kid. He would just win a fight in like two swings. But I remember back in the day when Don King, if you remember, Don King was his manager. Mm -hmm. He did all the talking. Yeah. So I, I remember that Mike Tyson had like 28 cars, all of them like Bentleys, Ferraris, Lamborghinis. He had two pet tigers. That's right. That they yes. paid like yeah, like more than Siegfried and Roy. He had more tigers than Siegfried and Roy. And and so I think he was not very wise with his money. So whatever he's doing now, I don't really want to know, honestly, because my <laughs> guess is it's gonna be a really bad idea. But four hundred <laughs> acres of what'd you call it? A, a, uh, it's a, a weed, weed resort? resort, yeah. A weed Apparently resort. Apparently that's what you're gonna do when you're I there. I got a bunch of weeds in my yard if anyone wants to come help me pick those <laughs> yeah, things out. But that's Hicks not what he's talking resort, about. Is it? Yeah. That's not uh, what he's talking about. No, I think a different kind. But yeah. I know you get actually a lot of questions, especially these days, about things like pot stocks. Heard a lot about Bitcoin in the headlines this week. I mean, what do you tell people when they come to you, you know, kind of looking at some of these get rich quick kind of schemes, John? Well, I don't get a lot of those anymore, but I wonder who gave Mike Tyson the advice. That's the whole thing. I think Mike Tyson actually had a plan at one point in time, but we remember what world philosopher Mike Tyson also said, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. (laughs) And And I think what happened, I think what happened to Mike's finances is I bet his finances got punched in the face yeah. when he was younger, when he had a chance to earn money. Now that he's, he's uh, I don't know, he's got like a, a, a graffiti machine on the side of his head. If you've seen him recently. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. tattoo. So he's, he's tattooed. Bad choice. No, I think it's a great choice if you're going to own a weed resort. I think it's a great choice. I think that'll be no problem. No, but I, I do think that there are a lot of people out there that do listen to these kind of things. And I have heard some of those that go out there. Bitcoin was a more recent one, you know, cryptocurrency, right? Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, John, what do you think about uh, what do you think about Bitcoin? Should I invest in it? I think Bitcoin is down like 72% over the last year and a half, yeah. whatever it is. And it's it goes highs. up and down mm-hmm. crazily. But, but guys, this kind of thing, do not try to get rich quick with your retirement savings. And so, Jennifer, that's why I said I, I don't get a lot of this anymore. I, I don't handle people that are trying to get rich. Yeah. 
I handle people that have saved money and they want to ensure that they never go broke. They want to make certain that no matter what happens over the course of, of, of the economy, over whoever becomes the next president, however anything goes, they're just going to be okay. They can just live their lives, spend their money in retirement, enjoy the things they enjoy, give their money to their church and their charities, and, and, and live a good life. That's what yeah. I deal with. So I don't get a bunch of it, but I have That's heard good. some recently, and I'm going to bring this up. Okay. Bitcoin is a big one. People have talked about that, and of course, it's kind of gone up and down. Uh, pot stocks. So I guess Iron Mike Tyson here is talking about buying a weed resort. But a lot of people are saying, John, how do I invest in, uh, in dispensaries? How do, I, how do I get into selling pot? I'm like, listen, being a legalized weed dealer is still being a weed dealer. Is that what yeah. you want to get into? Right. Now listen, you know, there's the whole thing. I'm not, I'm not necessarily 100% in a moral investing, you know, 100% that way, because, you know, I like a good bourbon, and some people would call that, you know, a, a vice. But, but when it comes to that kind of stuff, you got to be real honest with yourself. What are we doing to our culture? What are you do, doing to our population? Is that a good thing? Do we want to have a whole bunch of our grandkids and great-grandkids doing this kind of stuff? Right, if well, we that's don't, the lifestyle. Right, mm. maybe we shouldn't necessarily invest in that. And, and, and again, it's not to put that whole thing on, but on a Sunday morning, I do feel it's important. There's a bunch of great companies. There's a bunch of great strategies out there that do make some pretty good money and, and they don't have to hurt the next generation or the generation after that or cause more uh, road accidents or cause more violence or more issues. And so because of that, I, I would say the, a lot of those get rich quick schemes, if they sound too good to be true, they absolutely are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care, and I don't even care if you get it from Kipling or Magazine. Nine great stocks to own now. Well, yeah, they, I see those headlines wrote, all yeah, the time. Every like, if you turn on, if you ever have searched for um, investment advice on the internet, there's a great chance they're going to pop up twenty of these things. Uh, twenty three exchange traded funds to own now. Nine stocks to own if blank 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 gets elected. Mm-hmm. Three stocks to own if they legalize marijuana on Mars. W- whatever they say. But that's all junk. That's propaganda. That's just to get us to read something. And there's someone behind that that's selling marketing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. That's kind of how this stuff works. So you just got to be careful. And so instead of betting the farm on dumb ideas, let me, let me tell you a couple good things you can okay. do. Okay. Yeah. It's never the wrong time to give money to someone in need, whether that be a church, a civic organization, your grandkids, as long as you are taken care of. Period. That is always a good thing to do because that pays it forward. That is a get rich quick, not monetarily, but in your soul. That it really is. And I cannot tell you how many of my clients that we're not doing a traditional estate plan. We're not trying to have a big old whopping pile of sweaty cash for someone to end up with in the end. What we're trying to do is we're trying to find a way to make sure that all of our needs are met over the course of our lives, that we know we're going to be fulfilled in the rest of it. We're honestly giving. We're giving while we're alive so we get to see the beauty of that gift over time. See, guys, this is how we get rich on this world, in in this life. We get rich by feeling good about what we do with our finances. If we've done a great job and we've saved well and we can afford to do that, wouldn't that make us feel good to do it as long as we know we're okay? But that starts with understanding how we are. Do we have the right investment strategy? Do we have the right income design? Are we distributing that money correctly? Tax-wise, are we the most efficient? Do we have the proper uh, estate plan in place? Do we want to give it now so we get to see the beauty of that gift? And I don't mean just handing someone a check. Mm -hmm. Would you like to take your grandkids down to Disney? 
Or maybe that, you're thinking to yourself, that sounds horrifying. It's 117 degrees, 12 grandkids running around getting me sticky, messing <laughs> up everything, putting everything on my nice penny loafers. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> well, then how nice would it be to consider maybe a lake house where you can actually buy that? Yeah. And you can have cool. all your grandkids up at, at one like point that. in time. They'll be able to inherit that done correctly through a trust means you don't necessarily have taxation down the road. That could be a really wise thing to do. Again, what do we want to do with our money? Because if we have enough, how do we make sure that we can give so that we're fulfilled? Richness, richness is not about money. It's not about material wealth. It's about how we feel about the lives we're living. So forget Mike Tyson penny stocks. Unfortunately, I think that he is very deficient in, uh, in a lot of those mechanisms. Instead, look for those ways you can do that. If, if your advisor is not giving you that advice, seek it out. Seek it out from your church organization. Call into our show. We'll put you in touch with the right people. If we can't help you, we want someone that can do that. Because it's all about feeling good with what we're doing. Today's about feeling good, right? It is. Nina Simone, because I'm feeling good. Really I'm feeling good. Connect with us at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.